you ready to talk fantasy football? Then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. You know, I'm certainly glad, Scott, that we do this podcast on Thursday night. Uh, we do it because we want the fans to get a Friday and have a couple days to digest before the Sunday and Monday games. But of course, I'm very, very glad that we do it on Thursday night because we get to talk about the Thursday night game. And of course, Ty Montgomery has gone out with an injury, hasn't he, my partner? Just call me Nostradamus Scotty. You know, we talked about this privately earlier today about you possibly having an epic night. A couple of things happened, and so far I'm two out of three, including Ty Montgomery going down pretty early in this game. And after what was about a 45-minute lightning delay at Lambeau Field, he does not look like he's on the sideline or at least in uniform ready to go. I've put this all over Twitter. I've been talking to people about this who've been asking me about Ty Montgomery. It's very, very difficult for me to decide what to do. You know that he has a sickle cell trait. You know that he's, he has a little bit of an injury problem. You know he's not a traditional running back. But the problem is, who am I going to get for him? Scott has been chiding me that I should have traded him. Who am I getting for him? I, I'm not – his opportunity share is so great. And this is an NFL where everything is running back by committee pretty much. Who am I getting? I could not get LaShawn McCoy. That's a guy I tried to get. I couldn't. I thought maybe I could trip the owner for LaShawn McCoy. He would not give him to me. Todd Gurley, I have to think, honestly, with Todd Gurley's schedule, Scott, I feel like I'd rather have Montgomery second half of the year. So that's not a great move. And I don't think I could get him now anyway because you can't buy Gurley on the high. So the debate we're having is Carlos Hyde. I just we're gonna trade for Carlos. I'm gonna trade the starting running back who's getting over eighty percent of the uh, of the opportunity in the Green Bay backfield for the starting running back who's also injury prone on a bad San Francisco team. Why would I do that? No, I mean, listen, it's a tough thing. You I mean you asked me off there what what options you think might be the best for you, and you know when you when you think about it. And just, you know, opportunity to share and who's getting the ball. I mean, Carlos Hyde is getting most of the carries. I know Matt Breida is getting some, but I mean, Hyde has gotten, I would say, about 80% of well, maybe 75, 80%. And if you look at comparable backs, I mean, he was one I thought of. Another one I thought of, you know, if you're willing to take the risk and if you think last week was any indication on how they're going to go going forward was Joe Mixon. Now, I mean, with the offensive coordinator change, Mixon became much more involved in that offense. So maybe he's the guy to go forward and maybe you could come up with that. Maybe a package deal. I, I don't know. I mean, but you're in a tough spot if you're looking to move him. If he's injury prone, you don't want to take on somebody else's injury prone. So then maybe just stick with him. It's just my, it's just a gut, man. We always go by gut and fantasy. My gut is telling me that it's a problem, but he's doing so well. And he's also involved in the passing game. So fine. Jamal Williams will come in. Aaron Jones hasn't even gotten a snap yet. So you can't tell me that Aaron Jones, although his skill set is most similar to Montgomery, is going to be an issue. Montgomery got hurt last week. He came back in. All I was looking for tonight, man, was 60 yards and a touchdown. That's all I was looking for. but Yeah, I mean, I think that was realistic. I mean, you, we, we talked about it last episode. I mean, your other options weren't ideal. So, I mean, I guess on paper, when you looked at it, he was probably your best option. But, you know, you hinted at it that, you know, he was possibly injury prone. He was banged up a little bit last game. It could have been a problem. And unfortunately, it's turned out pretty early in this game that he was. And, you know, he has not come back yet. And it was odd, too. The first the first carry after or the first person to line up in the backfield after he went out wasn't Jamal Williams. It was Randall Cobb. So, you know, Cobb's done that role a few times as well, being in the backfield. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. Uh, he was on fire early, so he looked really good. Very frustrating. But that's fantasy. So, I guess I'm just going to have to rely on my Green Bay Packers defense. To, yeah, to well, you know, what? Hope, you know what? The only good thing about this being the Thursday night, maybe now you get 10 days to recover for, you know, week five and maybe just banged up, doesn't come back tonight and you're good long term anyway. All right, let's get going. I want to get more positive stuff. First quarter. All right, Scott, we got a lot of positive comments here about rapid fire. So we're going to start here with a little rapid fire segment for you. You can sit there, relax, and just react. Just give me your fantasy football instincts, Scott, to these questions that are very integral to the upcoming week four. Here we go. First one. 
Jacquez Rogers. This is Jacquez Rogers' last week as the starter in Tampa Bay because, of course, they did not play in week one. Giants are middle of the road against fantasy running backs. Scott, what do you think about Jacquez Rogers this week? I would not play Jacquez Rogers. Uh, if you have better options, I'd stay away from Jacquez Rogers. I mean, I think the writing's on the door for him, and Doug Martin will come back after the suspension. It'll probably still be like a 50-50, 60-40 in week five, but I wouldn't I wouldn't touch Jacquez Rogers. I think the Giants are a desperate team in this game, and uh, I, I would not play Jacquez Rogers. Interesting with the Giants' defense, Scott. They gave up 105 yards to Dallas, but no touchdowns on the ground. 115 yards to Detroit but no touchdowns on the ground, and then 171 yards at Philly and two touchdowns. So I'm going to make a case you to start him. I know it's not a great matchup, but I don't know. If you're looking for an RB2, maybe safer than Ty Montgomery. Okay, <laughs> moving on. He'll be on my bench. Lovely. Moving on. Rob Kelly. Scott, we're talking about the Chiefs here on Monday night, Redskins versus the Chiefs. If he plays, who has more fantasy value, Rob Kelly or Chris Thompson? I mean, you're going to call it, you're going to say this is knee-jerk reaction, but I mean, what you saw week three, Chris Thompson's been productive since from week one, week one, week two, week three. He's like I told you, and from a drafting standpoint, he's put up 20-plus in three straight weeks. Even if Rob Kelly's healthy, are you confident Rob Kelly's going to get the bulk of the work? Are you think he's going to get 70% of the snapshot? Sure. I mean, I, Chris Thompson's got to be involved. So I'd put that close, but I, I would lean towards Chris Thompson because, you know, I think this game could go back and forth up down the field and Thompson offers more with uh, his pass catching ability. You're saying both standard and PPR? Yeah, I, I would. Um, because, you know, I, I think Kelly, I don't think Kelly gets the bulk of the touches right away and coming back from the rib injury. I think he is going to be maybe he'll get 50, Thompson 35, 40. So I think Thompson just offers more value there. Chargers, uh, Gordon got one touchdown on the ground last week, and hashtag Gilligan to eat week one had three touchdowns, but certainly the Chiefs at home are going to be a tough play. Next one, Scott, Chris Hogan or Randall Cobb, rest of season. Chris Hogan or Randall Cobb, rest of season. Who are you taking? Oh, wow, that's a, that's a good one. That is a very, very good one. And because of the competition, I am going to take Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan or Devontae Adams then? Devontae Adams. Okay. I just want to see your breaking point. Very good. Scott, Sam Bradford is not going to be playing this week against Detroit. That means that we'll have Case Keenum, uh, but the Vikings are home. So talk to me about Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. Where do you see them as? Where do you see them finishing this week? Fantasy rankings for Cook, Diggs, and Thielen. I could see Cook being top ten again, maybe top eight running back. I mean, he's going to get the workman's load. He's going to get he's going to get the carries. He's going to get touches like he has all year. I don't think you're going to see what you saw from Case Keenum last week. I don't think he's going to near another 400 yard game between three touchdowns. So I think we put that away. I do like Adam Thielen this week. I think he's just a safety net for a guy like Keenum. So I could put Adam Thielen as a top 12. Diggs, I think Diggs will come back down to earth a little bit. I think the Lions will match up a little better with him than Tampa Bay did last week, and they'll, they'll prepare for him a little better. So I would say Diggs is outside the top 15 this week, Thielen inside the top 12, Cook inside the top 8. Uh, Ian Rappaport reporting that Ty Montgomery has broken ribs and played through it. He suffered it on the first play. That's a problem. <laughs> That is a problem. All right. That's not on the sheet. We're going to move on. That's that's picking up the Blitz Fantasy Podcast breaking news, folks. Breaking news from yeah. Ian Rappaport. That there. noise you hear is me slamming my head against the desk right now. Matt Forte, Scott, is going to miss this game with a toe injury. Bilal Powell finishes where in fantasy this week at home against Jacksonville? 
Funny you ask me this. I've been contemplating, contemplating actually going and grabbing Elijah Maguire off the wire. Uh, Bilal Powell, I, I don't, I don't see him as much of a factor. Um, I think the Jets had their nice, nice game last week. They had their shot. I think this is a sneaky tight game, but I, I, I would say Bilal Powell, top, top twelve, maybe twelve tier, maybe twelve thirteen, right about there. John Brown could play for Arizona recovering. How does that affect the other Cardinal players, Scott? Larry Fitzgerald, J.J. Nelson, uh, Jerron Brown? Well, I don't think it affects Fitzgerald at all. I mean, we've seen Larry. It looks like he's found the fountain of youth. He had an unbelievable game against the Cowboys on Monday night. J.J. Nelson, you know, he played, but really he didn't. Zero fantasy points. Zero. Nothing. (laughs) I mean, he was tough. And from a DFS standpoint, I'm sure he was a popular pick, and he did not deliver last week. So, yeah, I think he would. I think he would affect you know the J.J. Nelsons and the Jerron Browns, but I don't think he shows any nothing against Larry Fitzgerald, who just looks you know he looks like Larry Fitzgerald has his entire career, just consistent, very very consistent. I'm fascinated to hear your comment on this one. Uh, no Fletcher Cox and no Ronald Darby for the Philadelphia Eagles. Where do you think Philip Rivers is going to finish here, Scott? <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why you're asking me about Philip Rivers. It's coincidence. Philip Rivers will be a top. Top ten quarterback. I like the I like the Chargers to keep this game tight. I think this is a good game here. I don't know if they're good enough to win this game. I you know I know the Eagles are on the road, but I think the Eagles are the better team. I put Rivers in the top ten, top eight. Oh, okay, so then are you a liar or a fraud? Can you tell the people which one? Just a neither. Recap. Okay, really neither. Just, just let folks, folks, let's folks, let's do this again. We talked about this last episode. He wants to rehash it, so let's do it again. Because I offered it again, and you said no. It makes no sense. Then he asked me, "Would you like Phil Jameis Winston for Philip Rivers?" Folks, my starting quarterback is Marcus Mariota. Last year, 2016, I wrote a piece about how I thought Jameis Winston would have a breakout year and have 35 touchdowns. I wrote that he did not have 35 touchdowns. I like Jameis Winston. This is now carried on into year 2017, where my article from then is now going to haunt me in this year, where my partner here thinks I'm in love with Jameis Winston. I like Jameis Winston. I like him. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's put up very good numbers. He's very fantasy relevant. However, I drafted Marcus Mariota. He was my guy. I keyed on him in multiple leagues, got him in enough. He was my target this year. So if I'm going to ride Marcus Mariota for 80 to 85% of my games, and my backup quarterback is Phillip Rivers, it's just a lateral trade. It's to make you happy. And let's be honest, if I cannot make you happy, I'm good with it. Were you OJ's lawyer? Do you think I don't this know is, why. Was that pretty good? Do you think this is really going to work? Do you think it's really going to work? Is what going to work? You admitted that you think Jameis Winston is going to have a better season, and I'll say significantly better season because I went back and listened to the tape. You didn't have Phillip Rivers in your top 12 quarterbacks. So you're thinking that Jameis Winston is going to be significantly better. Your argument is, I'm going to ride Marcus Mariota. So you don't want to trade for better players that you like better unless they're starters? Is the fan- that the new the, thing? The, the, Is the, that the, the new fa- thing? The, fa- the fantasy audience doesn't understand what you are and how you react. So here's the deal. I said no to this trade last week because really I liked the matchup against the Chiefs. I was wrong. I mean, I think you liked the matchup as well. We were both wrong. He did not produce. So now after I say no to that trade, you come back and offer it to me again. So the position I'm in is if I accept this trade, I'm like, I'm going to get crucified on this radio station, this podcast episode saying, well, of course you traded. I mean, now after three interceptions, knee jerk, that's what you wanted. That's the way you did it. It, I did, it. To me, this is just a move that it doesn't need to be made right now. Now, if you want to entice me and you want to make this a multiple position deal, we go two for two and you give me something I like in a different area and I give you something you want, maybe we could do that. But straight up, I just don't need to do it right now. I know, There's just no need. I know you, and this is clear. I'm in your head. 
I oh, yeah. am you, you in. I am in your head because You're here's right. the problem: if I like player A better than player B, and you offer me player A for player B, me and the rest of the fantasy community just accept the trade. But this is what you do. This is why you drive me nuts with trades because you sit there and go. I like Jameis Winston better than Philip Rivers, but why is he offering that to me? What well, does I know he, why you're offering it to me. He, it's pretty clear. What does I know he how you're think that me. I think that he thinks that I think. You want to do a trade where the person you're trading with says, Scott, I'm going to give you the better player. And when you think you're, that's not how it works. I want Philip Rivers. You think Winston is better. Philip Rivers has been terrible so far. And he had three interceptions and you mocked him for interceptions. You mocked him. You said it was his thing. You mocked him how he was bad in the red zone. You mocked him that he played in debt with Denver and against Kansas City in a tough division. And the kicker, you mocked his end of season schedule. So the only reason that you won't trade him is because you want to try to stick it to me because you're afraid of me. Because you're afraid of me. That's it's the a, reason. We're, we're talking about a backup quarterback trade. And I'll be honest with you, I've not made really any trade offers this year at all. Like Rocky on the beach. I'm afraid. Team. I'm afraid of Mike yeah. Randall. All right. You want me to say it? Because there's no reason Petrified. not to do it. There's no reason Pet- not to do it. Petrified. This We're talking no, about backup quarterbacks on the fantasy no reason, He's not a backup quarterback. I think Phillip Rivers is going to get better. You like Jameis Winston. There's no discussion. There's no reason not to do it except you for some reason. You just don't want to make a deal with me because maybe there's something he doesn't know. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. <laughs> You're a funny guy. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Tampa Bay gets healthy, Scott. Defensive end Jack Smith. Defensive tackle Chris Baker and cornerback Brent Grimes are all practicing and back this week. So Tampa Bay should have a better defense. How's that affect Eli Manning? I love Eli Manning this week. This Giants are in desperation mode. Uh, yeah, I know they're all back, but the defense was terrible last week in Minnesota. I know they come back home. They've been beat up pretty bad. I mean, they're, they're, they're terrible against fantasy quarterbacks, and it's, it's now or never for the Giants. So, I mean, Eli's going to be throwing the ball all day long. they got no running game. Eli Manning is definitely a play for me this week. I, I like Eli a lot because if they don't produce this week, then 0-4, you might as well start looking towards the future for next season. Joe Mixon at Cleveland. Chris Carson home Sunday day against Indianapolis. Who you got? Joe Mixon. Rest of schedule? Rest of schedule? Yep. Joe Mixon. Interesting. Uh, I, I think Joe Mixon is the guy now. I mean, like I said, we saw it last week. I still, I still think that Seattle backfield is a question mark. I, I don't, I haven't seen enough of Chris Carson to trust him. I haven't seen a lot of Joe Mixon either. But I just think where the Bengals are at zero three, he drafted him for a reason. He's their future. You might as well ride him out now and let him go. If Jordan Reed doesn't play, Scott, where do you got Vernon Davis ranked Monday night at Kansas City? I think Vernon Davis could crack the top ten. I, I, I like the Redskins in this game. I think Kirk Cousins showed a lot in that game against the Raiders. Kansas City is due for a little bit of a, a clunker, I would think. I know they're at home, but. I wouldn't underestimate Washington. I could put Vernon Davis in the top 10. Chiefs ninth hardest uh, against opposing fantasy tight ends this year. And finally, Charles Clay or Austin Hooper, same game. Who you got, Scott? Charles Clay. All right. Game game script, I think. I think the Bills will be trailing, so they're going to have to throw the ball. NFC home games. Here we go. Second quarter. All right, first game, Scott, 1 o'clock p.m., Buffalo Bills, 2-1, and one, tied for the league, leading the AFC East, headed to Atlanta to play the 3-0 and o Falcons. Yeah, I mean, interesting game here. I mean, the Falcons start three and zero, but we talked a few minutes ago. You know, they they're a couple plays away from being you know one and two. You know, Jordan Howard doesn't drop past the goal line. Golden Tate doesn't get overturned last week against Detroit. 
So, I mean, I think the Falcons are still good. I think the Bills are a little better than people think. Tyrod Taylor is good enough to play. I think you could play Tyrod Taylor in this game. Like I said, a few minutes ago, I think the Bills will be playing from behind. So, I think Tyrod Taylor can present you a quarterback two potential for week four in the NFL. Sean McCoy, you're going to roll him out because he's still a focal point in that offense. Charles Clay is a tight end play that you could play. His potential to be a tight end one. And Jordan Matthews would be the receiver you play, maybe wide receiver three, wide receiver two. Falcons, there's not many question marks on the Falcons side. Matt Ryan, you'll play. Devontae Freeman, you'll play. I lay off Tevin Coleman, Coleman this week. Uh, I don't think he's getting enough touches to really merit that double-headed monster. Freeman's really been the guy in every single game. And Julio, you play. Muhammad Sanu, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. And then Taylor Gabriel's home. He's on He's on the turf. He could be a sneaky, sneaky wide receiver three play. And I'm with you. I'm off the Austin Hooper train, so I would lay off Austin Hooper. Next game on the NFC docket, the Rams and that impressive Jared Goff going on the road to Big D to face the Cowboys after that big win against Arizona Monday night. Rams-Cowboys talk. Uh, for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott really showed me something, Scott. He made a lot of big plays there in that Arizona game, rolling out, uh, looks for Dez obviously all the time. Now, Dez is going to have Tremaine Johnson, and the Rams have been pretty stingy against against fantasy wide receivers, but I think you have to start Dez here. It's a no-brainer because of the the – uh, volume he's going to get. I actually think I probably have him as a wide receiver one this week. I think I'm a low end wide receiver one. I think that, that this is the spot where he starts to turn it around because the matchups are going to start to slow down. He had a really tough slate to start the year. Ezekiel Elliott, you're obviously starting. Rams have a good defense all around. So Jason Witten, uh, he's the second best receiver. Rams are, are decent against fantasy tight ends, but he's the second best receiver they have there. They don't have one. Bryce Butler, Terrence Williams, they one, two catches a game. So I think you have to start Witten also and you start him with confidence. Moving over to the Rams, Cowboys are pretty good defensively against quarterbacks and against running backs. You're going to start Gurley. As far as receivers, they're not great against receivers, which is odd. They're better against quarterbacks than they are against fantasy wide receivers. So they could give up some big plays here. I think Sammy Watkins, if he's healthy, you're going to start him. I have no problem if you want to go Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. I do think the Cooper Cup show was sort of a flash in the pan early on. I like Robert Woods better. He had a big game last week. And so that's a guy who, I, if you need somebody in, in your larger leagues, your 14-team leagues, maybe he's a, he's a wide receiver three for you. Jared Goff, you're not starting here. I don't trust Jared Goff on the road. I understand he's doing well, but let's settle down. He's still on the road here in a big game against Dallas. Dallas going to be ready to go. I just don't trust him in that spot, even in two QB leagues. Next one we got up, Scott. Uh, Vikings at home. No Sam Bradford against the Lions. I feel like every week I get the Lions. And I don't know if it is. I'm just tied to Matt Stafford all year. You've been hot I'm on him. You've been hot. Yeah. All year. Yeah. Another interesting game here, you know, but I, I you know, Case Keenum out, it takes uh, with Sam Bradford out, Case Keenum back in. Make this game a little bit different. Like I said earlier, I don't see Case Keenum going for nearly 400 yards again. So from the Lions side, Matt Stafford, you can roll him out there. I believe he's quarterback one material again. You know, for <clears throat> as good as that Viking defense is, and people talk about it, they're giving up 287 yards passing per game. They're getting beat for about 350 yards a game. So the Viking defense has a good reputation, but they are getting beat pretty good in you know in every one of these games so far. They're allowing. 20.7 points a game. The Lions allow 21.0 points a game. So this is a pretty evenly matched game. For me, Stafford is a is a quarterback one. The, the the running backs are so tough to gauge. I mean, last week I was high on Theo Riddick. I thought he would get some more action. He just he just didn't. And Abdullah got some touches. You know, I'll be quite honest with you. I probably lay off both of the running backs because it just there's no way to really tell who's going to be the primary guy. Uh, wide receiver wise, Golden Tate. I think you send him out there with confidence to be a wide, a low wide receiver one, high wide receiver two, even with Xavier Rhodes there. The, like I said, the Vikings are still giving up passing yards. Uh, Marvin Jones, I mean, uh, wide receiver three maybe, but uh, if, if you have better options, I'd stay away from Marvin Jones. 
I'm not touching Kenny Gallaty's questionable. We don't know if that means he's really doubtful or if he's probable. So for me, Kenny Gallaty is a layoff. And Eric Ebron, you know my feelings on him. I'm with you on that. Just leave him alone. On the Vikings side, you're not playing Case Keenum. You are playing Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is a week-in, week-out starter. He's a RB1 material every week. And the Vikings rushing for 115 yards a game, so they'll be good to go. And the, the Lions are allowing about 86, 87 a game. Wide receivers, I like Adam Thielen this week. Again, I think he's just a safety net. He'll get his catches in the slot, probably six, seven catches. He can break one off, and then you get rewarded for that. So I could put Thielen as a wide receiver one candidate this week against Detroit. Diggs, you're going to start Diggs, but I think he potentially be a wide receiver too. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be able to put up the numbers he did last week. So I would be temper, temper your expectations to Stephon Diggs this week. Don't, ha- don't expect eight for 150 and two touchdowns again. So that would be my feeling on that. Kyle Rudolph, I, he hasn't done enough for me to say he could be a tight end one. So if you had no choice, he could probably give you tight end two numbers. But other than that, that's, that's where I look at that game. I, I think this will be a close game. I do like the Lions to win this game, though. All right, next one, one of the first four o'clock game, San Francisco, the 49ers off that 39-point effort and a loss to the Rams on Thursday night, going to Arizona, coming off a loss against Dallas on Monday night, 49ers Cardinals. Interesting here. The Cardinals have not been good defensively. You would think they would be good, but they have not. They are not good against fantasy quarterbacks. They're one of the worst against fantasy wide receivers. Where they are good is they are actually six toughest against fantasy running backs. So Carlos Hyde, I think you're going to temper expectations. This could be Breida's breakout game. Matt Breida looks good to me, Scott. He looks fast. But Carlos Hyde has been fine, don't get me wrong. But I think if Hyde ever gets hurt, Breida is a definite pickup because he hits the hole hard, and this is a guy they're very high on. So it's sort of a stash and watch here. As far as wide receivers, you're going to start Pierre Garçon. I think that's an automatic. I understand it's Patrick Peterson. I know that. But Garçon is super fast. He had a big game, and they haven't been great against fantasy wide receivers, so I think you have to play them. On the flip side, Carson Palmer, Niners have not been good against almost any any position whatsoever. They've actually been terrible against fantasy running backs. The question is, who's going to be the running back that's going to take advantage of it? They have given up the six most, most points to fantasy running backs this year. So, I mean, if you want to put Chris Johnson in as an RB2, I have no problem with that. Andre Allington, certainly you've been high on him, catches a lot of passes out of the backfield, lines up wide. That's somebody you could go to as well. Fitzgerald, I think you have to start, like you said, for the PPR performance. I think you have to be careful here with J.J. Nelson. He had no catches last week. He's, he's headed towards feast or famine. I know he's caught a touchdown almost every game he plays, but getting a zero last week really killed a lot of people. Carson Palmer, he's a he's a, he's a a QB2. I would not put him as a QB1 in this game, even though they're home. The Niners have been frisky. They played uh, Seattle tough in Seattle, so this is an interdivision game. I think they're going to be tougher than people think, so I don't think Carson Palmer is an automatic start. If you needed to use him, I think he's safe, maybe around the QB12, like I said, somewhere around there, but I'm not saying he's a QB5 or QB6 this week. I'm not going for that. So overall, Carlos Hyde, you're going to play. Uh, they're going to be tough, but you're going to play him anyway. Pierre Garçon, I think he's a wide receiver three. Carson Palmer, low-end QB1, QB2, somewhere in that area. You're going to start Larry Fitzgerald, obviously. And if you want to take a, a flyer with Chris Johnson as the goal back, I have no problem with that. All right, Scott, 4 o'clock. Uh, let's talk about Giants headed to Tampa Bay. Giants 0-3 and a must-win. Uh, Tampa Bay 1-1. One yeah, this is absolute must win for the Giants. I mean, there's really no way to put this, you know, no way around this Giants. 0-3, they can't go to 0-4, so they need to step up and win this game. Uh, like I said earlier, I think Eli Manning will throw this football all around all day long against the Tampa Bay defense. Whether or not he's successful or not, we'll find out. Both Orleans, Zarkor, and Shane Vereen are both questionable. So, I mean, if, if, if they're not out there or if they don't play or they're limited, they, you can basically just throw the running game of the Giants away because Paul Perkins stinks and there's nobody else to give the ball to unless Wayne Gallman's going to, you know, pop out and make some plays. So for me, 
Eli Manning, I think Eli Manning is QB1 QB one this week. I really like Eli Manning. I think, like I said, he has no choice to throw the ball. He may throw the ball 50 times in this game. Um, don't touch any of the giant running backs. We just discussed that. Oh, Odell Beckham, you're starting him. He's a wide receiver one. I like Sterling Shepard over Brandon Marshall. I mean, I know now with three games in, Marshall's yeah, had some catches last week, but Shepard, I think, has been consistent. He's been targeted 22 times. He's caught the ball 16 times. He's near 200 yards receiving. I like Shepard here year two. I talked about him preseason. Uh, I just think he is a step ahead of Brandon Marshall. I think Marshall maybe get his red zone targets, but I can see Sterling Shepard being a wide receiver two and Brandon Marshall being a fringe wide receiver two as long if he gets you know his touches in the red zone. Uh, Evan Ingram, I think you 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 could play him. I think you play Evan Ingram this week just because I think again this is going to be a game where they're passing all day long. So Evan Ingram will get some touches. He's got tight end, high tight end two, low tight end one potential for the Giants. On the Tampa Bay side, Jameis Winston. You will start Jameis Winston. Giants. You know he he he's going to be probably more of a quarterback two though than a quarterback one this week. I mean the Giants have been pretty tough against the pass. I mean they're 0 three, but they're only allowing 188 passing yards against. They are, like you said earlier, getting crushed in the rushing game. I just don't have the feeling Jaquiz Rogers is the guy to to follow up all these other running back efforts. So, you know, obviously Gil Elliott and so forth. So for me, Jaquiz Rogers, if you have to play him, you could play him. But I look at him more as being a low wide receiver, a low running back two, maybe a running back three. Mike Evans started all day long. He's the guy. Jameis Winston will follow. Deshaun Jackson's feast of famine. I would say he's going to be famine this week. So I'd lay off Deshaun Jackson. And then the tight ends, I like Cameron Brait. I mean, the Giants have given up a, tight, a touchdown to every tight end they face so far this year. So I don't see why, I don't see any reason why the trend would stop. So Cameron Brait to me is tight end one potential. Love what you said about Sterling Shepard there. I totally agree. Sterling Shepard is actually still available on some waiver wise. You got to go and grab him. Yeah, he's it's gonna, insane. He's going to pass Brandon Marshall. It. Yep, he's going to pass Brandon Marshall soon. I think he's already passed Brandon Marshall. Honestly, I really think he's yeah, passed him yeah, already. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, yeah, I know Marshall had six catches last week, but I mean, Shepard Shepard had two touchdowns overturned. He basically scored three times last week, and he only got credit for one. So. Final NFC home game, Sunday nighter. I think NBC, if they had a chance to rewrite this one, they would pick a different game. But they have Seahawks hosting the Jacoby Brissett-led Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think it's a big spot for the Seahawks here in prime time. I know Seattle gets caught napping sometimes when they're home. But in this game in Seattle, where everybody's going to be, the crowd's going to be fired up. They're going to be screaming. I think it's a very tough spot for Jacoby Brissett. You know, Frank Gore is what he is on for Indianapolis. You're not starting Jacoby Brissett. Frank Gore is averaging less than three yards a carry. He's got 145 yards on the year. I know Carlos Hyde did a nice job against them. I just think Frank Gore is not a startable play there. You're not going there. T.Y. Hilton, I, I don't like the play outdoors. I don't like the play. He did fantastic at home with Jacoby Brissett. I just don't know if we can expect that again because certainly Seattle defense is going to be king on him. Dante Moncrief has done absolutely nothing. Jack Doyle is hurt, so really no options there on the Colts. And you flip it around. Now we go to Seattle. Doug Baldwin's hurt, but he's going to play Scott. Paul Richardson, I think, is a nice play here if you wanted a wide receiver three. Jimmy Graham, you have to play as well at the tight end. And Chris Carson's going to be the man. Listen, I'm just not buying into Chris Carson yet, kind of like you. Rest of schedule with him versus Mixon. I think it's interesting. Uh, but CJ Procise is not going to play in this game. So in between Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy, and Chris Carson, Chris Carson is going to get targets as well. So I think Chris Car- Carson by default is an RB1 this week. I don't feel great about it. The Colts have actually been decent in rushing yards for, the, for this year, but they have given up three rushing touchdowns, which is why they're only middle of the road against fantasy running backs. So Wilson, of course, Richardson, I think is sneaky. Baldwin plays, you have to play him. 
Chris Carson, I think, is an RB1 on the flip side. If it's Frank Gore, you're going to have to pray he gets a touchdown because that's the only way it's going to be. And I would sit T.Y. Hilton. I would not play T.Y. Hilton unless you really want to use him as a wide receiver three. If you really felt like you could, that's fine. But I think it's just going to be very tough sledding there in Seattle. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's just a tough spot for, for Jacoby Brissett to, to go into. I mean, Seattle, I know they, they're one and two. They got their win against the Niners. It was ugly. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're a desperate team also, and they need to really put the hammer down against the Colts Sunday night. All right, third quarter, AFC home games. All right, first AFC home game as we start the third quarter here on the Pick It Up the Blitz Fantasy Podcast. Technically, it's a home game, but it's overseas. It's in London. The Miami Dolphins hosting the New Orleans Saints at 930 Sunday morning, Eastern Time. Got a very unique take on this game. I think this is one of these games that are impossible to figure out. Drew Brees has gone to... uh, to London once before, and he actually lit up for 300 yards. This is a game that Willie Sneed is back. So if you want to look at the Saints first, Drew Brees is going to be fantastic. Mark Ingram, I, I have him in a couple leagues. I'm going to start him. I'm going to hope he gets a goal line touch. Adrian Peterson probably will get them, but he just hasn't had that many opportunities. Ingram is so involved in the game in so many different ways that I think he's an automatic start. I am interested to see, Joe Kamara, to see Alvin Kamara's um, you know, usage with Willie Sneed back because there's Willie Sneed, there's Ted Ginn, there's Kobe Fleener, and there's Michael Thomas. So Kamara was really benefiting by Sneed not being there because he was being a wide receiver. So I kind of want to downtick Alvin Kamara. I would not start him this week because I want to see what Sneed's usage is going to be. It's not going to hurt Ingram. He's the proven guy and Peterson gets what he gets. But the guy who Sneed can hurt is Kamara. Ted Ginn, we're going to put him back on the bench with Sneed there. So you're going to see what happens. Michael Thomas, of course, you're going to start. Kobe Fleener also I like as well, Scott. I think he's a decent play against the Miami team that struggled a little bit against tight ends. You're over on the pond. You never know what's going to happen. But I think Kobe Fleener is a decent start if you need a tight end. As for Miami, folks, look, you can't – everyone is jumping off the Jay Cutler bandwagon and people are sending me tweets telling me they don't think Jay Cutler is any good. He had one of the most impressive wins of that week when they went out there without having a, a first game and they won against the Chargers out in L.A. And Jay Cutler played very, very well. They played the Jets. It's a rivalry game. It's a road game within the division. You throw it out. I throw it out. I think Jay Cutler Scott is going to play very, very well in this game. I absolutely have him as a QB1 this week. The Saints do not have a good defense. I know they get their cornerbacks back, but I firmly expect Jay Cutler to be a top 12 quarterback this week. He is not the old Jay Cutler. The idea that he looked terrible, the whole team looked terrible. Jay Ajayi had 14 yards rushing. You're not starting Jay Ajayi? Jay Cutler, well, Jay Cutler hasn't proven anything. What's Jay Ajayi proven? He had three games of 200 yards last year. So, I mean, all of a sudden, we're not starting him. Jay Ajayi, you're going to start with confidence as well. You just hope he's healthy. Devontae Parker, I'm calling it right now, Scott. This is Devontae Parker breakout game. If you had a chance to get Devontae Parker, you should have gotten him before before this week because this week he's going to break out and he's going to be very, very good. Jarvis Landry and PPR, I think you got to play him. I'm not playing uh, Julius Thomas. I know weird stuff happens in London, Scott, but there's much better options than Julius Thomas. I want to see it first from him. So it's Ajayi. It's Cutler, it's Parker, and it's Landry. Those are your starters for the Dolphins. You flip over, of course, Breeze. I like Ingram starting as well. Thomas, not going to start Ted Ginn. Not going to start Willie Sneed either, but because of his presence, I'm going to hold back Alvin Kamara. I said it once, I'll say it again. Weird stuff happens in the London game. Last week was Mercedes Lewis three-touchdown game. This could be Julius Thomas three-touchdown game. I have absolutely no idea. So only start the people that you're absolutely confident in. Those Alvin Kamaras, those Willie Sneeds, those Ted Ginns, do not play them. So does Jay Cutler throw for more than 28 yards like Joe Flacco did last week? <laughs> yeah, I would. I, gosh, I would hope so. Yeah, I think he's going to have a solid game, man. If you maybe pick his line right now, how about 270 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception? Very possible. How's that? Very, that's very the line possible. I would go that's, for. That's a, solid, that's a solid line. That's a solid line. I like it. I think it's a high-scoring game. Uh, we'll see. The over-under is 50. Let's see what happens. 
Uh, next up for the AFC, you got the rivalry, man. You got the rivalry here. Bengals headed to Browns. 0-3 Bengals, 0-3 Browns. Something's got to give. Break it down. Yeah, it's funny how uh, evenly matched these teams are. You know, if I'm looking at just looking at some numbers here. Both Deshaun Kaiser and Andy Dalton have both completed 57 passes this year. Dalton's got 606 yards and two touchdowns with four picks. Kaiser's got 646, three touchdowns, and seven picks. Running backs, Mixon 35 for 107, Crowell 39 for 114. So something's got to give in this game. Um, what's going to give? I don't know. Um, I think Andy Dalton's finally going to have to have his breakout game. I mean, I know he played well against Green Bay, but th- I mean, this is this is now or never for the Bengals. I don't think we're expecting the Bengals to make this miraculous turnaround anyway and be involved in the playoff picture. But you got to win this game against the Cleveland Browns. I know it's on the road, but this is a game you must win. So Andy Dalton, I mean, I'm sure you have better options, folks, and you probably don't even have Dalton on your roster. But if you absolutely had to, he could be a quarterback, too, for you this week. But I would look elsewhere. Um, for the running backs, Joe Mixon's the play. Like I said, I'm, I feel that now with the offensive coordinator change, Joe Mixon will be the guy going forward. I think, like you said last episode, Jeremy Hill will be phased out very, very quickly. He's still got to worry about Giovanni Bernard. He'll get his touches he'll, you know, on third downs and so far in passing situations. But I think Joe Mixon now will slowly start to take over this lead role, and they'll start to phase Jeremy Hill out. So I think you could send Joe Mixon out there as a solid, solid um, RB1. I know the Browns are pretty, pretty tough against the – the uh, running game, only giving up 87 a game. The Bengals, on the flip side, are giving up over 130 a game. But I would still be confident in Joe, Joe Mixon out there to get about 20-plus touches out of the backfield. A.J. Green, he's a you know, he's the number one wide receiver every week. It doesn't matter who they're playing. And honestly, I don't know who else you really would play on the on the Bengals' wide receiver side. I have no confidence in a Cody core. Brandon LaFell, to me, is too hit or miss. So for me, you know, A.J. Green's your guy, and then just take it from there. Tyler Eifert probably won't even play. Oh, he is out. Tyler Eifert's definitely out. Not a surprise there. So there's nothing really to concern you on the Bengals' tight end side. On the Browns' side, listen, you can't start Deshaun Kaiser. Nobody has him. Nobody will. But I'm just telling you, don't do it. It's not worth it. The, you know, Kaiser just doesn't – he's not consistent as a rookie enough to give you fantasy numbers this week. That's my opinion anyway. Interesting, Isaiah Crowell. I mean, I think the matchup is the pairing here. I pose this quick question to you. Joe Mixon, Isaiah Crowell, who has the better game? Uh, I'm going to go with – when in doubt, I'm going with the home guy. I don't think Mixon is getting 20 carries in this game, and I think Giovanni Bernard's an issue. I'll tell you this. If Bernard is out, I'm going to take uh, Isaiah Crowell. Otherwise, I will go with Mixon. Uh, I mean, sorry. If Isaiah, if, um, if Giovanni Bernard's out, I'm going with, with Mixon. Otherwise, I'm going with Crowell. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough, but I think you, I mean it's they're very evenly matched. You know, just you know you're looking at it on paper. So, Corell, I think you could send them out there as a as a RB two, and then the wide receivers again. We you know everybody was high on Rashard Higgins last week. He was probably the number one picked up wide receiver across the board on waivers, and he was nowhere to be found in Indianapolis. I don't know, second game as a, as a number one, number two in Cleveland. I, I just lay off him. I mean, Duke Johnson's lined up a slot. Duke Johnson leads the team in receiving. So I think that says all you need to say about the the uh, Browns wide receiver situation. And tight end-wise, you're not playing Seth Diwali. So for me, you, know, you could play Andy Dalton if you absolutely had to. It's a quarterback, too. I think Joe Mixon can give you RB1 potential. A.J. Green's a stud. The only guy you're really thinking about on the Bengals side, on the Brown side is Isaiah Crowell. Next up, the Patriots after that miraculous comeback come from behind win against the Houston Texans last week. Home hosting those phony 2-1 Carolina Panthers. The biggest question in this game, Scott, is whether you're going to pay up, and we'll talk about this in the fourth quarter, in DFS to start Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the clear, especially on, on DraftKings with this millionaire maker where they're not including the Sunday night game in case you want to start Russell Wilson. 
Tom Brady, yeah. to me, Scott, is head and shoulders above all the other quarterback starts here. He had a great game last week against a tough Houston defense. Here come the Panthers. I know they have a tough defense, but not to throw on, really to run on. I just think the question is whether you want to pay up for him or not. So if you go across with the Patriots because it's easy, I'm going to start Brady. You're going to start Cooks after his massive game. I think you have to start Hogan and say he's a, he's a wide receiver three. Amendola, if you want to roll the dice, and of course Gronkowski. The question comes down to the running backs. Would I start Mike Gillisley? I would. I would start Mike Gillisley, and I still have him as a very low-end RB1 because really – there's no point in ranking Mike Gillisley as an RB2. Either he's going to score and have a solid game or he's not, and he's not a top two running back. I just don't know if he's not going to score two home games in a row. There was plenty of LeGarrette Blunt games where they started and you said you didn't like the matchup and all of a sudden the Patriots are dominating and there's Blunt breaking a 40-yard touchdown midway through the fourth quarter. I like Gillisley. I'm going to stay with him. It's back-to-back home games. I'm excited for him. I would start him. I have him as a low-end RB1. James White, sure. You can start James White. I think within the PPR league, the receptions are very, very solid. We'll start with the Patriots because I think they're easier. Here come the Panthers. We're not starting Cam Newton. You should have dropped him ready if you listen to this podcast. Fine. Calvin Benjamin, I saw a report today, Scott. He is going to play. I don't trust him. He's banged up. I think he's hurt. I don't trust him at all. Other offensive options. Devin Funchess, I used to be on that Titanic. It's now sailed. It's totally sunk. I'm not starting Funchess until I see it, although I can argue that if Benjamin's on the field, Funchess is a decent play. I just don't buy it. As far as the running backs, Scott, the Patriots have been the second worst team. Their defense is not good right now. They are not playing well. They have been the second worst team against opposing fantasy running backs. The only team that's been worse are the Saints, and the Rams are slightly better, okay? So I think you're going to start Jonathan Stewart, and I think you're going to start Christian McCaffrey because I think Christian McCaffrey, much like Alvin Kamara when Willie Sneed wasn't there, is going to get probably the most passing targets. And I certainly think he's going to have the most catches. So I think you start McCaffrey, you start Stewart, you both hope for RB2 production for them. You don't start Newton. I'm not starting Benjamin. I'm going to sit Funchess. And across the board, you saw the Patriots. The two questions are Gilly, who I am going to start because it's a home game, and Tom Brady, who are going to pay up for him in DFS. That's the only question. Yeah, I mean Tom Brady, you know, he, 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 I think he's about eight thousand is what he is in yeah, draft yeah. So yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to pay for him. You know, I might have a couple other options I like in the high high end price range, so it'd be tough to go both. But I mean, listen, Brady just produces and the only thing that worries me about Jonathan Stewart is is that this game could be twenty one nothing and you know, it's gonna be McCaffrey over Stewart, I would think. So that's my only concern with Jonathan Stewart on that one. All right, next one. Jaguars headed to the Jets. Jags are two and one. Scott come back from London. The defense looks legit. The Jet defense at home certainly did a nice job against Miami. Jets are one and two. Jaguars are two and one. I think this is a tricky fantasy game. Talk to us about it. Yeah, I think this is a tricky game in general. I mean, I think after what people saw in London when the Jaguars just put it on the Ravens, and you know, they're probably gonna expect them to come here and do it to the Jets. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, you know, usually in past years when you had these London games, your bye was the following week. That's not the case this year. So in both Baltimore and the Jaguars are both coming, playing right a week after. So you wonder what that time change and everything does to the Jaguars. They're, listen, they're averaging 30 points a game. I think that 44 burger they put up against the Ravens helped aided that one. Uh, I'm still not starting Blake Bortles. Uh, this game, I know he played well, but this game's on the road. The Jet defense held Jay Cutler in check. I know, you know, not much is expected from the Jets, but they they showed up to play at home last week, and I think they're going to show up to play again. I think this is a tight game, a low-scoring game. So for me, Blake Bortles, you're not playing. Uh, you are going to play Leonard Fournette. 
Jets have given up 133 yards on the ground. So Leonard Fournette is an RB1. He will get all the touches. So for me, you're going to play him. You know, if you had Chris Ivory, you could think about playing him as pay me an RB2 and he steals a goal line touch and gets in there for a touchdown. So, I mean, if you had to play him, if you get banged up with injuries and you got him, you could use him maybe as an RB2, RB3, or if he gets lucky and gets one of those goal line touches. The wide receiver situation, you know, I like Alan Hearns over Marquis Lee. You like Marquis Lee over Alan Hearns. So, I mean, either way, it's not the most ideal situation. So, I, you know, on the road, you had to play one of them. I think they both can maybe offer you wide receiver two potential, but I would look for nothing more than that. And Mercedes Lewis had his career game. Don't worry about him. You're not touching him. On the Jets side, uh, Josh McCown gave him DFS last week, but I'm not giving to you this week, so I would not start Josh McCown. No one is. Matt Forte is banged up, so the popular player will be Bilal Powell. He can definitely give you RB2 potential, but I do think they'll they'll get Elijah McGuire in there. I mean, he, when he's had chances, he's run the ball pretty well. And listen, the Jets are playing for the future as it is, so why not you know get him involved? So, I mean, I think you could be looking at like a 70-30 share between Powell and McGuire. So they could cut into Powell's time, but I think from the goal line, it'll be Powell that gets him. Wide receivers... You know, Jermaine Curse would be the guy you could probably play. Uh, maybe wide receiver or two. I mean, he's, he's built a nice rapport with McCown. I mean, Robbie Anderson's a sneaky play, I guess, at home if he can break one of those big scores. But I think he's also like a feast or famine type. So if you had to, maybe wide receiver three. But, I mean, I'm sure you have better options there. And, you know, I like we liked him last week. And I think you like him again this week. Austin Safarian Jenkins, you know, he had five catches off suspension. He could prove to be a reliable target for Josh McCown for the Jets. So I think, I think you could throw Safarian Jenkins out there and has, could give you top 10, top 12 tight end production this week. So if you have Safarian Jenkins or you picked him up on the waiver wire like I did in a couple of leagues because Jack Doyle's terrible, I would roll out with Austin Safarian Jenkins if you had to. Love Austin Safarian Jenkins this week. I think he's going to be fantastic. I love the play. Yeah, I mean, for me, I had Jack Doyle in a couple of leagues, not playing him in Seattle, and I looked at the wire. To me, he was the best option to pick. Um, we skipped Steelers Ravens, so I'm going to give that to you so I don't go home because uh, we went to the 930 game first. And for me, it was on top for some reason. But next one up, another AFC North rivalry. This one I know very well. Kick this one to you. The Steelers on the road against the Ravens. Most of the time in this game, the Ravens are usually a three or four point favorite. Steelers are a three point road favorite in this game. What's the fantasy implication of this game first? Well, folks, here we go. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. The reason that you listen to the Picking Up the Bliss podcast, and by the way, if you enjoy what you're listening to, please give us a five-star ranking and a comment on iTunes. Yes, please do. Uh, is to predict this game. This is why you're listening right now. This is what you're talking about, and we have to break it down because the common sense thing is, wow, the Ravens got killed against Jacksonville, and here come the Steelers. The Steelers are going to kill them. It's not what I'm going to say. Folks, if you throw that game out last week, the Ravens have had a very, very good defense going back into the preseason where their first team defense did not allow a point in the entire preseason. I know it's a preseason, but that matters. This is going to be a black and blue game. This is going to be a hard hitting game. The one area of this game for either team that is fantasy deficient is Pittsburgh against the run. That is the one area that is the absolute worst. The Steelers right now are fifth worst against fantasy running backs. They went against Cleveland the first week, kind of held them down 40 yards. Against Minnesota, 19 rushes, 87 yards, and a touchdown to Dalvin Cook. And against the Bears, good Lord, 35 rushes, 218 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, you want to say that that was a, that was a mistake? I don't know, folks. I don't know what it is. And you're going into Baltimore, who's going to have to run the ball because Joe Flacco certainly isn't throwing it that well. I would start Terrence West. I think Terrence West is the running back of choice. I am not buying the Alex Collins thing. I would sit 
Javorius Allen because I don't like the fact that he wasn't involved last year, last week that much in a passing game that they needed to throw. So I would trust Terrence West. I have him ranked on Fantasy Pros as an RB2. I think that's a safe start. As for the wide receivers, Macklin, is he injured? Is he playing? I have no interest. Ben Watson, I think you got to go somewhere else and certainly not Joe Flacco. So the only Raven that I'm looking to start here is Terrence West. Flip side, Ben, folks, you are what the numbers say you are. If you're going to start Ben Roethlisberger, which is your right to do, you're doing it based on a gut feeling. Don't give me numbers. Don't give me any garbage. On the road, he has one touchdown and one interception. That's the way he's been his entire career. You can't tell me in a rivalry black and blue game that you feel confident starting Ben Roethlisberger. I just don't see it. The Ravens actually been pretty decent against fantasy wide receivers, and they've been decent against running backs as well. Fournette had a good game, but it really wasn't that many yards. So as far as the Ravens, defense, you're not going to start Big Ben. You're not going to do it. There's other options that are out there available. I'll take Andy Dalton at Cleveland over him. There's no logical reason. The only the most diehard Steeler fan would try to give me a rationale while all of a sudden he's been average on the road. He wasn't great in Chicago, but now against the Ravens, he's going to he's gonna explode. Give me a break. Le'Veon Bell, you have to start him. The Ravens are going to be tough, but Bell catches a lot of passes, and that's the safe part about him. So certainly he can have a very Scott Ty Montgomery line from last week. You know, not a lot of rushing yards maybe, but eight receptions, that sort of thing. You got to start Le'Veon Bell. There's no issue there. Antonio Brown, you start him against Jesus. Okay, enough. Anyway, moving on. Martavis Bryant, you are not starting. You're not starting him. You're not starting him against a Ravens secondary that's actually pretty good. You're not starting him when he averages 0.3 touchdowns on the road. And you're not averaging him when he's caught nothing but three passes. I think one game was two passes or something this year. Do not start Martavis Bryant. I know there's going to be a bomb that he's going to miss by two inches. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. I don't want to hear about it. Sit Martavis Bryant and thank me later. As far as Jesse James... Eh, I mean, I, I think there are better options out there like a Cameron Braid or somebody like that who I would go with. So this is a tough game. I like the Steeler defense. Actually, Scott, I'm comfortable starting the Steeler defense because I think it's going to be a real smash mouth, low scoring game. Le'Veon Bell, Terrence West, Antonio Brown. That is it. Uh, Titans, Scott, two and one, big win over Seattle. They lost to Oakland week one, but since then, they look very good. They pushed around a Jacksonville team that obviously is pretty good on defense. They travel to Houston to play the Texan Texans. Deshaun Watson, this is an inner division game. Certainly looks like this could be a first place type of game as well. If you think these teams are both better than Jacksonville, what do you got? You know, I think if you believe in the Titans, this is the perfect game to have after last week's win. I mean, it was a big non-conference win against a very, you know, respectable Seattle Seahawks opponent. So now if the Titans think they're for real, I think this is the perfect team to go up against in the following week. If they were playing another NFC team or non-division team, I might be worried about a little bit of a letdown, but I'm not here with the Titans. Marcus Mariota, you're going to start him. He is a quarterback one. The Texans are 27th against fantasy quarterbacks. So for me, Marcus Mariota, he's a quarterback one. You start him. He's been looking good. Derrick Henry, DeMarco Murray. Look, DeMarco Murray had a great line, but you really break that down. He broke off 175-yard run after that. He had about 39 yards on 13 carries. So take away that one big run. His numbers aren't as good as they were. He broke it off. I don't know where he found those legs, the fountain of youth to, to break that off. But you could send DeMarco Murray out there, but I think you could send him out there as, a, as an RB2. Same thing for Derek Henry because I think he'll be on the field. You're looking at like a 60-40 split. Both of them have touchdown potential. Henry offers you a little bit more in, in the passing game. 
but both of them can be sent out there if you had to as RB2 options. I like you. Listen, you've been on this guy all year long. He's He is the number one receiver. He's the best receiver on the Titans, Richard Matthews. I think you send him out as a wide receiver two, possibly low wide receiver one in this game against the Houston Texans. Um, and Delaney Walker is Mr. Reliable. Look, he's always going to flirt with top 10 tight end potential. The Titans got burned by Gronkowski. The Texans got burned by Gronkowski last week. No reason Delaney Walker, even on the road, can't come up with five for 55 and a touchdown. So you throw Delaney Walker out there if you have him. On the Texan side, look, Deshaun Watson, he impressed me last week. Now he comes home, division game. They got smacked around by the Jaguars at home in week one. They get another chance here in the division against the Titans. I think they play, I think the Texans will play a little better. And I think if you had Watson and you wanted to roll the dice, you could send them out there as a quarterback too because it gives you both leg and passing game. So he gives you both options, gives you a little value on both ends. And what he did in New England was impressive to me. So if you had to, you could use him as a quarterback too. Lamar Miller, I'm not touching the Texan backfield. I just I, I don't trust Lamar Miller. Deontay Foreman gets, gets in the game. Lamar Miller, he just looks old and slow to me. Just, just, just doesn't show me anything. And I was on. I like Lamar Miller a couple of years ago. I thought he had potential, but he just, you know, there was excuses in Miami, and now he went to Houston, and just he just can't. He can't seem to break through. So for me, Lamar Miller is a layoff. DeAndre Hopkins, you throw out there as a wide receiver one. He still leads the NFL in targets. So Watson feeds him the ball, throws him the ball. He even had seven for seventy six in New England. People thought Belichick would contain him. You know, he kind of did, but he still got you 14, 15 points PPR. So Hopkins is a quarterback, uh, wide receiver one. Other wide receivers on the Texans, really not many else you can throw out. You know, Bruce Ellington, you're not playing. Tyler Irvin, you're not playing. You're not playing uh, Braxton Miller just yet. So really, it's Hopkins is the guy and the tight ends. You know, if Fedorowicz was healthy, I could tell you maybe to play him as a as a, a tight end to potential because he showed, showed me a little bit early on. But if he's banged up. So I would lay off that with CJ Fedorowicz. So for the for the Titans, Mariota to me is a QB one. The running backs are both RB twos. Matthews is a wide receiver two, and I think you could send out Watson as a quarterback two and Hopkins as a wide receiver one. If you had Lamar Miller on your bench and I offered you Dalvin Cook for Lamar Miller, you do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that. Why he's not a starter? He's not a starter. Listen, I, no, you know he's not a starter. I'm not gonna do stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You know, it's just uh, he's not a starter for you. So stop I mean, you know, that's, first you know. off, first off, first off, you're not offering me Dalvin Cook for Lamar Miller. Secondly, if he, if you did, I'm taking it. Then you know the, the legal veto it, and that'll be the end of that. But he's not. You're not a starter. You're not. You're not into getting players who are better on your bench, right? Dalvin Cook will start on my roster if you traded me Dalvin Cook for Lamar Miller. Luckily, I don't have Lamar Miller on my team, so I don't have to worry about that. Next game on the docket, the Eagles, after that win against the Giants off that 61-yard field goal, going to the 0-3 StubHub Center for the Chargers' third straight, I say, quote, home game in a row for the Chargers. Eagles-Chargers, talk to us. This is going to be the Phillip Rivers get-right game. The Eagles are all banged up in their secondary. They actually allow the fourth most points to opposing fantasy wide receivers. This is not the matchup for Philadelphia. You're going to... Play Phillip Rivers. You're going to start him with confidence. I'm going to rank him again, even though he hurt my rankings on Fantasy Pros. I did decent outside of that, but Rivers killed me. I'm putting him back up there again. I think he's a top six fantasy quarterback this week. You're starting Melvin Gordon. He scores every week. Next, moving on. Keenan Allen, a must start. Uh, Terrell Williams, I'm not so sure, Scott. I'm actually going to tell you that if you want to play Travis Benjamin ahead of Terrell Williams, I'm fine with it. He seems to be getting more targets. He seems to get deep. Terrell Williams is sort of stuck in no man's land without Keenan Allen in there. He's always going to look to Keenan Allen first when you get into that red zone area. So Terrell Williams here really has no purpose. I kind of equate it, if you want to be honest, to Darren McFadden. If Ezekiel Elliott is suspended and doesn't play, I still think Darren McFadden is going to be the starting running back. The reason that they're not having him active is because what is the purpose? He does the same stuff 
that Ezekiel Elliott does. So I don't think that Alvin that um, Alfred Morris is going to be the top running back. I think it's McFadden, even though he's not injured. And likewise, if Keenan Allen were to get injured, Terrell Williams' value skyrockets. But honestly, since they have him in the red zone, they're looking more of a you know a route guy, a wide receiver two or a deep third. I think that's Travis Benjamin. You can't start Gates. You can't start Hunter Henry. We talked about Hunter Henry last time. He's one of the people I'm down on. No way you can start either one of those guys. Flipping it around. Carson Wentz on the road. I think there's better options. Listen, the volume's going to be there. So if you want to fire it up, I could see three touchdowns, two interceptions, that sort of thing. I think the Chargers are going to win the game. But if you want to go Wentz on the road, it's fine. I just think there's going to be some turnovers involved there because I do like Casey Hayward to be all over Alshon Jeffrey, which is why Alshon Jeffrey is a sit for me. I am not starting Alshon Jeffrey. Maybe a wide receiver three if you wanted to. But again, I am down on him. I think he struggles. I think Hayward's done a decent job. Casey Hayward, now the Verrett is out. So I don't think you go there. I do think you have to be careful as well with Zach Ertz. I know you're probably starting Zach Ertz, but just keep in mind that the Chargers are the sixth most stingiest team against tight ends. But I think his volume is going to be there so you have to play him folks explain to me how Wendell Smallwood is all of a sudden going to be this fantastic uh, pass catching back when he has two receptions this year and three receptions last year. I understand that they think LeGarrette Blunt is the you know first and second down hammer, so therefore Smallwood must be the PPR guy. But folks, Wendell Smallwood hasn't caught a lot of passes in his career. Okay, so it's the equivalent of Scott and I going out there and being the, the, the pass catching running back. I, I'm going to wait and see with Smallwood. Do not start Smallwood in this game. Don't start Blunt in this game. He's touchdown dependent and he's a team that's on the road. I just don't like him. If he's at home, and he's in a close game or a game where they're going to be winning. I'm, I'm much better with LeGarrette Blunt. So I think Zach Ertz is a start, but just temper expectations. I'm not starting Jeffrey. Be careful of Carson Wentz across the board. Nelson Aguilar, no thank you. So overall, my summary, Scott, is I think this is going to be a big Charger win. They're 0-3. They've got to get this win. They're home, and they're facing a team that is terrible against fantasy wide receivers. If they don't win this week, give up. Yeah, just like the Giants, pure desperation. Got to win and got to win a quote home game. Great game you got here, man. Raiders go to Denver. 2-1 and one Raiders, 2-1 and one Broncos for first place. Or battling it rather to stay pace with Kansas City in the AFC West. What do you think? It is a real – I mean, this is this is a big AFC West game. Um, you know, you look on paper, even the Raider defense, I know they got torched up by the uh, Redskins a little bit, but the numbers speak that they're a little better than what they've shown. The Broncos have been really tough against, you know, all aspects, quarterbacks, running backs, everything. Start with the start with the Raiders. Look, yeah, you own Derek Carr. If you don't have a better backup option, you're going to start you start Derek Carr, but you're looking at low quarterback two here. Um, if you can find yourself an option and you have room – to make a waiver wire move, listen, I own Derek Carr in the league. I'll be quite honest with you. I picked up Tyrod Taylor in the waiver wire, so I'm debating between Derek Carr and Tyrod Taylor this week. If you had to wow, sit Derek Carr. Wow, that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Well, listen, this is this game's on the road. It's on the road, right? It's on the road in Denver. The Broncos have only given up 643 passing yards through three games, so they're only allowing 210, 212 per game. They've been unbelievably stingy against wide receivers. They only allowed 354 receiving yards to wide receivers through three games combined so and and cooper and crabtree they're both banged up a little bit so i think this just it's one of those games where if you can find an option i i would maybe consider sitting Derek Carr. so that's what i'm doing i'm debating it's tyra taylor on the road in the game where i think they're going to chase points or it's Derek Carr on the road in denver in a game that might be tight so if you don't have a better option you could start them but just ex- don't expect quarterback one look quarterback two i'm sitting marshawn lynch the broncos have just been unbelievably tough against the run only 142 yards against in three games to opposing running backs so uh Marshawn Lynch, you looked slow last week. You didn't look right against the Redskins. I don't expect you to look right against the Broncos. Wide receivers, if they're healthy, you know, it's like a coin flip between Cooper and Crabtree. One one week he targets Cooper, one week he targets Crabtree. 
They're both only offering you wide wide receiver two ceiling uh, this week. They're they're not going any higher than a wide receiver two. Um, so for me, the the better option I think is still going to be Crabtree because I, he seems to have more of a rapport with Derek Carr than Cooper does. Cooper drops the ball too many times. Crabtree, when he gets it, holds on to it, makes the plays. Jared Cook, I'm not starting Jared Cook. I know I know Jason Witten had a couple of couple of plays against the Broncos in that blowout game, but for me, I'm not going to start Jared Cook this week against the Broncos defense at home. It's just, they're they're very tough against every aspect of the game. From the Broncos side, look, Trevor Simeon came back down to earth, and he'll stay down to earth. I would not start Trevor Simeon. The run game is where it gets a little quite a little bit of a question mark. You know, C.J. Anderson, Jamal Charles. I know you're not a C.J. Anderson guy. You probably lean more towards Jamal Charles in this game because he gives you, you know, some pass catching. I think both of them offer you RB2 material this week. So if you had them, you can roll them out as RB2s. The wide receivers, they both make their plays. So, I mean, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, borderline borderline wide receiver ones, probably wide receiver two material this week. I think this is going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think you're looking at maybe 16-10, a couple of field goals, maybe from Brandon McManus or, the, you know, the rookie Tavecchio from Oakland. Uh, tight end wise, there's really no tight end to speak of in Denver. So, temporary expectations with the Raider offense. I know they got beat up pretty good against the Redskins last week, and I could see a similar effort this week against Denver in what's going to be a really tight, close to the vest played game in the AFC West. Monday night, the Redskins off that impressive win against the Raiders that we just talked about, going to one of only two 3 0 teams, and that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Redskins 2 1. A lot of people starting to talk about the Redskins being, you know, being a contender in the NFC. They travel to Kansas City to face the Andy Red Andy Reid led Kansas City Chiefs. I love the Redskins in this spot. The Redskins match up very, very well with Kansas City. Their offense is Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. I like Josh Norman. I like Vreeland. Those guys, and Breland, those guys are going to play very good defense. They're going to lock up um, uh, Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey can do some damage against the Redskins. They're not great against tight end, against tight end, so I understand that. But I like this Redskin team. I picked them to win the, the NFC East. I think they're going to win the NFC East. I think they're good. The only thing that worries me here is Cousins left today because his wife was in labor. Uh, so I, I assume he's going to play. I mean, it's Thursday and it's a Monday night game. So I assume he's going to play. Maybe a little bleary-eyed there. But I like this matchup. I think this is a very, very close matchup here. As far as the Redskins, Terrell Pryor has not got gotten going yet, so I don't think you can play him. I love, love, love Jamison Crowder in this game, Scott. I think he's going to get open. I think he's going to be all over the place. I think Pryor could come along in this game, but they have so many options there across the board that they can use. Myriad of options. Even if Vernon Davis plays and it's not Jordan Reed, they'll be fine. I would love it a little better if Rob Kelly played, because I don't think Chris Thompson can take the majority of touches. If that's the case, you know, they're just going to have to roll with it. But I think it's a low scoring game. I wouldn't start Alex Smith. I wouldn't start Kirk Cousins. I, I don't know if they're fantasy viable to start, but I like the game to be close. I like Jamison Crowder for volume. I think they're going to be able to deal with Tyreek Hill a little bit and keep him down. So it's going to come to Kelsey and it's going to come to Hunt. Obviously, you're starting Hunt. He's the number one uh, fantasy running back uh, among everyone. And I think you start Travis Kelsey with confidence. But this is a tricky game, man. I'm fired up. I'm fine with Chris Thompson. He's not going to be the number four fantasy running back like he is right now. But he catches an awful lot of passes. So I think this is a close game. I know Kansas City is a tough place to play. But the Reds can cause problems. They just shut down Oakland big time. You tell me they're not going to be able to hold yeah, down Kansas City. I mean, City? listen, this is a very intriguing game. And just by the sound of it, I think we might be on the same page in this one. But very intriguing AFC-NFC game. The Redskins, they have a chance to prove they're for real if they go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs on the road on Monday night. All right, fourth quarter, let's bring it home. 
Two things left we got, my man. We got some picks. We're both six and six. I had a good week last week, three and one, because I was behind you. I'm trying to catch up here. And we got your DFS picks, of course, every single week. So let's start with the NFL picks. Unfortunately, I get to go first. And Scott, I just should have continued off of my last rant and moved forward because the first game that jumped off the page to me here was the Washington Redskins. I think seven is way, way too much. I understand the Chiefs have a good defense. I understand they play tough at home, but the Redskins have a good team. If Rob Kelly were to play, I'll feel even more confident. The only way that this game gets out of hand is if Kirk Cousins becomes a turnover machine. I don't see them moving up and down the field. The cornerbacks are way too good. I think they're going to key on Kareem Hunt. I like this battle of the red. You got the Redskins. You got the Chiefs. It's going to be red and white all over the place. But I think seven is way too much. I think the Redskins going to win the game. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And because of that, I will take the point. So start my first pick here and I feel good about it. Give me the Redskins plus seven. First game for me, listen, I was against them last week. I'll go against them this week. They travel into New England. They're phony. Cam Newton stinks. Christian McCaffrey may be able to make some plays, but the Patriots will put it on the Panthers. The Patriots are laying nine. I know the Patriots barely survived the Texans last week. All survivor pool players were grinding their teeth. They were sitting on the edge of their chair. They, they weren't eating the chicken wings. They were getting cold because they just couldn't They couldn't deal with the stress and drama being knocked out. This week, if anybody's taking the Patriots this week, it'll be fine. Patriots will win this game going away. Give me the Patriots minus nine against a very, very suspect Panthers team. Second game over here, Scott. I talked about it before. I'm not hiding my emotions. The Chargers are going to win this game against Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are coming cross country. They're a little banged up in the secondary. Chargers need this game badly. I understand there's only going to be five people in the stadium and maybe they'll be rooting for Philadelphia. That's fine. But I just think this is a game where they pick off Carson Wentz a couple times. They get some, some sacks. Joey Bosa gets in the backfield. Only one and a half. People are going to think this is fishy because they're going to say, why are the two and one Chargers go, a two and one Eagles going against the 0 and three Chargers and the Chargers are favorite? It's not fishy, folks. Vegas knows. Chargers. Minus one and a half. Next for me, I talked about this being the perfect matchup after a nice win last week. Give me the Titans minus two against the Texans in Houston. I think the Titans will make the statement that they are probably the team to beat in the AFC South with Andrew Luck out for the Colts and the rest of that team not being any good. The Jaguars are good. I think the Jaguars will contend with them, but I think the Titans will go here, go into Houston. They're laying two. They are a road favorite. I know this is one of those fishy lines, and this is one of those games where, you know, road, home dogs, people might jump on the home team. I think the Titans are just a better team. They have the better quarterback. I think they have the better offense. So give me the Titans, minus two, going into Houston to beat the Texans. You know, the Lions are due to lose here, Scott. I, I understand we, we like the Lions, that they're playing well. They should have beat Atlanta there. They're, they're having a great start to the season. Everybody likes the Lions. I get that. Minnesota's the real deal at home. Case Keenum did well last year. Last week, he's going to be confident. Here comes the Lions with Matt Stafford. I can see them turning him over. Xavier Rhodes is going to be all over Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay may not play, so it's just going to be Golden Tate. You know what I think of Eric Ebron, and they certainly can't run the ball with any level of effectiveness. So I only got to give one and a half for the Vikings, and I'll be very happy to do so, like the Chargers. Vikings minus one and a half, game three for me. Game three for me is an AFC North rival. However, it's not the one you think I'm going to go to. I'm going to take the Bengals, giving three to the Browns. The Bengals will get off the schneid here. They'll go to they'll go to one and three. The Browns will fall, fall to zero oh and four. I think Joe Mixon has a big game. I think it's kind of his breakout. Andy Dalton takes the next step forward. Look, the Browns are tough. They hang in the game. They'll hang in with teams. They're, they're they don't quit. They play hard. But they had a tough defeat last week against the Colts. Now they come home. They face the Bengals. The Bengals are just a better football team, I think. More offensive. Billy AJ Green has a big game. I'll take the Bengals as another road dog, road favorite, giving three. I just am not buying the Rams on the road. Dallas minus six is my last pick, Scott. This is a Zeke Elliott game. This is a Dak Prescott game. The Dallas defense is okay. It's still Jared Goff. Sammy Watkins is injured. 
Wade Phillips, I understand he's coming back home to Dallas, but folks, he couldn't stop the San Francisco 49ers, okay? So I think this is a game to take them. They're going to key on Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's schedule starts to get a lot harder here. It's only six points. Des Bryant, I think, actually starts to break out, like I mentioned before. Going into Dallas, I kind of like the Cowboys in a get-right game. They showed me something against Arizona. I thought they were going to lose that game, and they did not. You're going to win in Arizona there against uh, you know Tyron, Tyron Matthew and that whole crew. Then you're going to come home against the Rams. It's still the Rams, Scott. Okay, They're not going to 3-1. and one. Give me the Cowboys at home, minus six. Last pick for me, this is the third straight road game for this team. After they got blitzed at home, they hung tight in Seattle. They hung tight in a thriller Thursday night to get the Rams. But now I think they get blitzed out the building in Arizona. I think the Cardinals laying six and a half against the Niners. Cardinals can't go to one and three if they want to compete in the NFC West. They're a better team than the 49ers are. Carson Palmer heated up a little bit. Larry Fitzgerald looks like he's 20 years old. And I think Andre Ellington can make some plays out of the backfield. You know how I feel about him. Listen, he led the team in touches again, led the team in fantasy points. I think that's just the route they're going to go. Cardinals six and a half at home against the 49ers. I think they get blitzed in this game. So give me the Cardinals minus the points, six and a half. All right, last thing we'll go to here, Scott. You're the DFS man, so give us some plays here. What are you looking at this week for DFS? All right, so DFS, DraftKings, I tipped my hand earlier on this one. First pick for me at quarterback is going to be Eli Manning. 5,700 is the salary. I told you I think the Giants are in desperation mode, so I think they're going to be throwing this, throwing the ball all game long. Look for Manning to throw the ball 40 to 50 times. 300 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, something like that, or two touchdowns and one pick. It's a very, very cap- uh, uh, realistic line for Manning in this game against the Bucks. They got torn apart by Case Keenum last week. Yep, I know it was on the road. I know they were banged up a little bit, but the Giants got to win this game, and they got no running game to rely on. So Eli Manning for 5,700 offers a lot of DraftKings value in DFS. My chalk play of the week is at the running position. Ezekiel Elliott is due to bust out and break out in a big way. Carlos Hyde ran all over the Rams' defense. And Ezekiel Elliott at home can do the same. Listen, he's 8,200. He's a lot of money. You talked about Tom Brady being 8,000. And if Tom Brady's the guy you want to build your lineup around, I have nothing against that as well. But for me, it'll be Ezekiel Elliott will be the guy I would build my lineup around. Probably looking at 18, 20% ownership depending on the salary. So for me, Ezekiel Elliott is due for a breakout game at home. Wide receivers, I like Adam Thielen this week. Case Keenum has a nice rapport with him. He's 5,800, sneaky value, 19. The Lions 19th against the pass. I think he's just a safety net. He's points, one point per reception, folks. So I could easily see six or seven catches for Thielen. And like I said earlier, all he's going to do is break one off, find the end zone one time to give you that value there. Tight end-wise, go back to the Giant game. Cameron Brait. Giants have given up a touchdown to every tight end they faced so far. They can do it again against Jameis Winston and the Bucks. So like Cameron Brait, he's only 3,800. So Cameron Brait definitely offers you value at the tight end position. He definitely could be a top 10 fantasy tight end this week. And my defense playlist, there's a lot of tough matchups, sneaky. So I'm going to try and go go for value, reach. We're paying 8200 for Ezekiel Elliott. So let's pay 2600 for the Jets at home. They kept Jay Ajayi in check. They kept the Dolphins in check. The Jaguars are traveling home from London. They put up a 44 spot against the Ravens. Now they go on the road to face the Jet team. That was very tough last week. I could see this being a 17-10, 17-13 kind of game like that where the Jets get a turnover or two. They pick Blake Bortles off one or two times. For 2600 I think the Jets offer you some DraftKings value where they can pull in 12 to 14 fantasy points. So those are the picks for me this week in DraftKings on your DFS slate. All right, folks, there you go. There's the rundown. Week four coming up. And Scott, Jamal Williams is now out of this game also, so they're down to Aaron Jones. Who scored. 
Sean Jones did score a touchdown in this game. Anyone seeing a uh, trade for LaShawn McCoy? Maybe Ryan Matthews is alive. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. I got a quick question for you. I posed this on Twitter. What's more likely to happen after week four? The Giants are 0-4 or the Jets are 2-2? Oh, the Jets are 2-2. I think the Giants are going down. I almost picked Tampa Bay. I mean, yeah. Giants are going down. I, I've said 5-11. and 11. I just don't think they're good. I, they, they can't protect the quarterback. The Tampa Bay's getting healthy. Tampa's going to be home. I'm sorry. I, I think the better chance the Jets are 2-2, two and two, absolutely. Interesting. See how that plays out. All right, folks. Thanks so much. Remember to follow us. Follow Scott at SCOT557, myself at Randall Rand, R-A-N-D-L-E. Of course, you can. we have a Facebook page, Picking Up the Blitz. You can follow us on Twitter at P-U-T Blitz. And, of course, we love those five-star ratings. Folks, maybe Scott will trade me Philip Rivers for Jameis Winston one of these days. We'll find out. We'll see you later. It's possible. may make him wait. <laughs>